Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel, and with me... Oh, wait, I have to say, I also am hmm. a writer for... Oh, that's right! Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a what, staff writer? Uh, you're a uh, contributor. Contributor at Your Entertainment Corner. Yep. That's wow. What, that's what I am. That's what you are. Hell yeah. Um, and with me is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Uh, I am the sad sack who still works with uh, ScreenGeek.net. But, you know, whatever. I get away with shit. <laughs> uh, I have to tell you something. What's that? A revolution without guns. It would never work. I think it would. Mm-hmm. I think that's what some people say, but mm. like, I think it would work. Mm. People have revolutions all the time. They don't have to be political. I have revolutions in my stomach whenever <laughs> I eat something really bad. And then it's like, ah, we got to conquer the land. And then they, they come out my butt. There's like millions of revolutions <laughs> ah. on the cars. On the cars? Tires. Uh, and engines. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> Did you get it from that dad joke? No. Nope. You came up. Did you come up with that? Uh. <laughs> Golf clap. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal. Two E's and real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail um, If you would like to review us on iTunes, then we would get noticed, and we would enjoy that very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, the segments for this week's show. We've got the news, our recent review of Nomadland, um, our segment of What the Fuck Did We Just Watch, where Mark so lovingly takes me through all of the DC EU crap, you know, starting with mm-hmm. Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our geriatric cinematic of 2004's the Motorcycle Diaries. And our topic? Uh, a little bit of traveling and a little bit of self-discovery. A little Ding. bit of mambo in my life. A little bit of Jessica in my hand. <laughs> Yo, I remember that shit being the jam back then. That shit was just all over. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Mark, what's going on in the news? Uh, in the news for this week, uh, my baby boo, my man, Edgar Wright, will be directing Stephen King's The Running Man at Paramount Pictures. Um, really looking forward to this. Uh, Simon Kinberg is set to produce it. Uh, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine. He's a shitty director. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not working with... Uh, Brian Singer anymore on those god awful X Men films. I think he is like a decent producer, but I'm just glad Edgar Wright's on it because this is going to be his show. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paramount is currently it's not it's not in in full writing or not like you know set in stone, but Paramount is making a deal with Edgar Wright to direct a new adaptation of The Running Man. Of course, The Running Man, famously done by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, this won't be a it won't be a remake to the Orange Schwarzenegger film, but this will be more uh, akin to the actual short story. 
Um, I've never read the short story. I've read like cliff notes of it, and it's way fucking different than what we saw in. Uh, like in a good way. Yeah, it's like interesting. It's actually um, it's interesting because like it's it's really it talks about like a dystopian future and then like bringing down society and like you know kind of like lower it's like a it's an actual like class warfare mm. type deal um it looks like the story will be co-written by michael uh bacall yeah bacall thank you uh it's gonna be written by uh michael bacall or the co sorry co-written by michael bacall uh yeah so kimber is doing this under his genre genre films banner uh looks like uh nira park uh, from writer, MC writes complete fiction banner. Oh, okay, and yeah, and Audrey Cohn is gonna hop on it as well. I believe she's gonna be the producer. And she's from genre films. Yeah, she's from genre films as well. Uh, this is the this is a top priority pick for Paramount, hmm. which means they're gonna like get this sucker like going. everything that Edgar Wright wants, he'll get then. I I think I honestly think this is because of Baby Driver. I think because of the the massive success of Baby Driver, mm. and from what I'm hearing, the uh, Sparks Brother documentary that uh, really got him. Uh, oh, that's my phone going off. <laughs> that, rem- that reminds me. <laughs> you gotta turn off your alarm. Yeah. Um. So, oh yeah, yeah. The the success of Baby Driver, and from what I'm hearing, like the critical su- success of the Sparks Brother documentary, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm hearing it's great. This is Edgar Wright is finally there. He's finally like getting the jobs that he wants, doing the shit he wants to do. Um, and of course, you know, like, like you know, uh, Edgar Wright fan club, you know, uh, <laughs> member number one right here. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to love it. No, you know what? I don't want to say that. Even oh. if it was bad, you'd still talk about it forever. Probably, probably. But see, that's the thing. I don't want to say that Like, I'm going to love it off the bat because... That that's that's how I used to be with uh, Christopher Nolan, and mm. Christopher Nolan's just been going downhill. Like for me, I'm just like you know what I'm just I can't do Christopher Nolan anymore. I can't yeah. do his stuff. Um, yeah, looking forward to this one. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so guess what? Chicken butt. Remember when we bought Movie Pass? <laughs> movie yes, Pass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there is a docu series. Mm. Coming from executive producer Mark Wahlberg. 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 Don't eat at Wahlbergers. That's trash. Oh, yeah. That food's horrible. Um, Deadloin. Deadloin. <laughs> I think that's a different site. Is it, that's like a necrophilia site or some shit. No. Coming on our no. deadloins. <laughs> Jesus. With a Freudian slip. Is that, is that considered Freudian slip? No, I took it to the Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, Deadline mm-hmm. reports that Mark Wahlberg, um, un- I guess uh, his production company is called Unrealistic Ideas. That's so unrealis- unrealistic. <laughs> it sounds dim. I don't, mm-hmm. like, I don't like that name. Mm. I like Ivory Beggar better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, the... Okay, so they're doing an HBO... Um, oh, they did HBO's Emmy-nominated Millions. Did you ever watch that documentary? Yeah, I did. I heard it wasn't that good. I liked it. I, I was. It's f- because of the pacing of it, mm. right? But I really liked it because there's like a whole psychology behind it. Uh, and gotcha. like some of the shit that happened, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but it's not like amazing either, but it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, anyways... They are making a docu series on MoviePass. 
the rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me think of Roman. I got sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> um, they're teaming. Uh, Unrealistic Ideas is teaming up with Assemble Media and Insider, which used to be Business Insider. Um, and so they're developing a limited docuseries. And uh, Jason Geracios, mm-hmm. um, he's a reporter. Um, he did some award-winning um, reporting on the oh, company. On the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's going to cover, you know, the start of the company by Stacy Spikes and Hammett Watt. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, of course... We all know what happens to it. Yeah, it's going to follow its downfall and it's <laughs> it's bankruptcy. And I didn't know it was under FBI investigation. Me either. That is but a, it yeah. sounds like a fucking Ponzi scheme. I know. So it, and, and like like you, the listeners and Kelsey and myself, we all bought the movie pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we had. And, I you know, I kind of like kick myself because I know I didn't utilize as much as I as I wanted to. Like, I didn't do like, oh, I got to watch the movie like once a week or anything like that. However, I'm so glad that I got fucking out because I remember hearing stories of people trying to cancel the movie pass mm-hmm. and movie pass would not let that happen. Mm-hmm. Like they would like lock them out of their own profiles and shit like I, that. I feel like something good did come out of it. What's that? What did MoviePass make all the other film Oh, AMC do? did that. Mm. That's right. Lang- like Regal. Uh, yeah, AMC, uh, Lamel's. Lemley. Uh, is it? Le- it's I, Lemley. Lemley. I always think it's Lamel's. Uh, yeah, they started doing the whole like monthly service kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I remember you signed up for AMC. Right when the pandemic <laughs> right when the pandemic started, you were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it doesn't matter because they're like, yeah, we'll just extend you. To like whenever it ends and shit. Yeah, they're like whatever, whatever time you had on it, mm. you'll get that back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, would, I would be pretty much almost done with it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for, I'm really looking forward to this documentary. I, I love, I love a good documentary, especially when it covers film, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, mainly like the the film industry, like, like there's this really great documentary called, I think it's called like Rated R or something like that. And it's about the uh, the MPAA system, uh, rating system. Um, that's a really great documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like another great documentary I saw me a couple weeks ago about like midnight showings and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like classic ones like um, Check Out the Killer Tomatoes or Rocky Horror Picture Show and how it had like a strong cult following and shit. So this one on MoviePads, oh, because it, it's a train it's wreck. Like the it's Fire a- Festival for... <laughs> Oh, that Fire Festival <laughs> documentary. It's like Fire Festival for movie for, pass. Yeah, <laughs> for movie pass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Are you looking forward to this one? Yeah. It's going to be down for this. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but on the sad side of news, um, this isn't really film news, but it is entertainment news. And I, I want to bring this up. Fucking Daft Punk split up. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get into Daft Punk music? Um, they had a few really popular songs that I liked. Yeah. I never really, like, followed their music that closely, but mm. I, I did like them. Yeah, so this morning, uh, it, they dropped this video. It was titled Epilogue. And um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's the two characters from Daft Punk. What's the name? Thomas Bangaller and Guy Manuel de Cresto. Christo. Homem Christo. Thank you. So the two members, they're like walking together through the desert and then one of them like stops 
and then just like undoes his jacket and it reveals like there's like almost like a self-destruct button the other member like presses it and then that wand just walks away and then explodes Mm. and the song um what's it called uh the song touch plays uh during like it says like during a sun sunset or some say during sunrise people were theorizing that like this is like the end of daft punk but they'll probably still work together but just like in another form Mm -hmm. something like that um but yeah i used to be like a huge daft punk fan like that album uh homework oh i used to listen to that album so many times homework was really great um wasn't a huge fan of discovery because they started kind of getting more like and kind of like maybe like disco kind of stuff it was still good however they came back with the tron legacy soundtrack Mm -hmm. okay so tron legacy is a was a bad movie but that soundtrack was fucking dope it's like badass fucking like because you can kind of classify as like techno music but like almost like drum and bass kind of shit okay um it's and another thing that sucks is like this was like one of the bands that's like on my list of like bands i have to see before i die mm. like one of them is like guess uh, i'll never get to die i know i know right uh i know like Thank one God. of the one of them is like massive attack and i was like bjork uh, i've always wanted to see hip-hop's are tricky uh orbital but orbital broke up a long time ago don't sell you really will never get to die <laughs> i know right <laughs> another one's like radiohead but that's like they're always near fucking impossible to see because tickets sell out within like 30 fucking seconds. Um, so this is like, it sucks because like, if, like I said, if Daft Punk is, it, my, obviously this is, it, they're done. Like their, their publicist was like, yeah, like Daft Punk is no more. Mm-hmm. This is the type of band, like when they say they're done, they're done. They will never come, they will never come back as Daft Punk. If they ever do come back together, it will certainly be something else. Yeah. Uh, like I said, some people are theorizing that it's just like another another step because their music has like changed over time so they might just get rid of the persona because they're like well we want to do something different if they're still working together mm-hmm. um uh, to me it sounds a lot like wishful thinking yes. also i really hope that they you know how like people will be together with one other person or in a band and then they go off and do their own thing and it's mm-hmm. trash yeah and like literally the only reason why anyone in anyone in that band is good is because they're all working together yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. like tom york you think his solo stuff is trash it's weird <laughs> he has a song called traffic jam okay is it is it literally a traffic jam no uh. I wouldn't want to listen to it while I'm in traffic. <laughs> that's for sure. It's not like it's not good meat. It's uh, not. It's like watered down, like elevator commercial music or some really? shit. I, yeah, not like elevator music. Uh, like you know, you actually like that kind of music. I'm, I'm talking about like it doesn't have any flavor. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tom Tom York's music. Like, I don't mind it, but like I'm more like Radiohead. I think because Radiohead. The rest of the members, they kind of like reel him back in. They're like, okay, you're going a little too weird. Like, yeah. scale back, scale back, scale back. That's what I'm saying. Like, you need, he needs the band. Yeah. Well, one of the, here, here's one thing I didn't know. Um, when Daft Punk first started, um, they had a third member. Um, they had a third member, but they played more like rock music and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And the music was so bad that a, a re- music reviewer has had said like, their music is like Daft Punky or something like that. Pretty much like shitting on it. Mm-hmm. So it was three of them. 
and then one of them left, and then the two formed Daft Punk, the other one formed Phoenix. See, but that Phoenix is good and then mm. also not good. Really? Yeah, like they have some really good songs, uh-huh. and then other times I'm like, okay, next. I never, I've never heard a Phoenix song I didn't like. Really? I think I there's like varying level degrees of Phoenix that I like. I'm like, okay, I can really dig this, or like, eh, it's not too bad. I can go, I can roll with it. That's like, they remind uh, me a lot of like Neon Indian. Well, see, that also kind of reminds me of uh like uh M83. Mm-hmm. Like there's some jams by M83. I'm like totally feeling yeah. it, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't like they, any of this. They're cr- really fucking weird. Or what was that one? That one guy you keep trying to get me into. The fucking llama. What the fuck's that guy? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, like I'll play. Like you, we'll listen to a song. I'm like, why doesn't he play like this? And the next song is like garbage. It's like something llama or some shit like that. Llama. Yeah. Are you talking about a show on Sirius? No, no, XM? no, no. It's a musician. It's a it's a particular musician that like you like, and you try to give me into his music, and I, there'll be like one good song, and if always the next song oh, is always garbage. Oh, oh. Tame Impala. Tame Impala. There you go. Long, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Tame Impala is one of those. Is is that guy? I'm like, I like this. He should play more of this. Next song, no. And he's experimental too. So his albums are different from each other. Mm. And he goes with like a set theme Mm. for the album. Mm. So you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's either good or crap. There. That's it. That's the theme. Good or crap. Next song. You have to feel bad for him, though, because the last album he did, he recorded in his studio in Australia. And then when he was done, Mm -hmm. his studio burned down. His Like his house where he had his... It's a sign. It's a sign. And he rose from the ashes like the phoenix. All right, we're done with the news. <laughs> what do we got up next? Next, we're going to do our recent review of Nomadland. You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I'm and they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless i'm just houseless not the same thing right no my husband worked at the usg mine in empire i was a substitute teacher it is a tough time right now you may want to consider early retirement i need work i like work welcome to badland spa what the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. Hey, Fern! Gotta make the hole bigger. <laughs> I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. The synopsis is, after losing everything in the Great Recession, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Directed and written by Chloe Zhao. Based on the book by Jessica Bruder, it stars Francis McDormand and David Strathern. I guess they were, I think it's David Strathern. Let's go with Strathern. I'm going to say Strathern. Strathern. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you think? Um, okay, this is my first Chloe Zhao movie. Um, 
I'm actually sad by that because she did another movie that got her noticed called like the horse something. I was called the horse rider. There you go. Um, so this is like I said, this is my first introduction to Chloe Zhao. Um, I enjoyed this film. Um, I think it's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the movie actually remind me of when you and I were traveling mm-hmm. uh, at the tail end of last year where we're getting certain areas and we're just like, wow, that looks fucking amazing. That looks beautiful. So I got a, I got a, it reminded me a lot of that. Um, they remind me a little bit of Borrego too. Oh, Borrego Springs? Mm-hmm. Mm, I can see that. Um, the performance, well, I mean, it's only like Francis McDormand and a lot of the other performance, uh, Francis McDormand and David uh Stratteran, we'll go with that. Um, but like, I actually, I actually really enjoyed some of the other people that were in this movie. And from what I'm, from what I read, they're not actors or actresses at all. They're actually like nomads. I could tell. Yeah. Like I could tell. <laughs> you like, but, well, like, but you it didn't tell take the, me out of the story. But I could tell that they were not actors and that they were really like just regular people. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that that doesn't take me out of the movie at all. I don't, I don't go like, oh, the performance is so bad. It just looked like, oh, these were just like just fucking just regular just people. Like, like if they come off as awkward mm-hmm. and t- like really fucking normal, mm-hmm. it just kind of adds to the fact that they're regular and like like regular people. Yeah. And, and so if they're awkward, then they're just awkward. <laughs> and there's a particular uh, person. Oh, I can't remember. I can't find his name. He was like the the one who was doing all like the speaking, like the speech parts uh, whenever like the nomads were together, the mm-hmm. one with the beard. I can't remember the actor's name, um, but I liked him as well uh, because like there's that there's this really touching moment where like he gets into like the history of his son. Yeah. And it's a very like. Something to, something for Francis McDormand to like re- her character to relate to. Um, I think it's it, I think it's also interesting that it's like an examination of like now, mm-hmm. like people living in their cars and like trying to survive and working at like these like nine to five jobs for a num- no, number of months and they like they go back traveling again. Yeah, like they work all these little temp jobs. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else, but like the direction itself, like I said, Chloe Zhao does like a great time. She does great, uh, great directing. She does, she does a lot of like uh, medium shots mm-hmm. that get you like really up into the conversation, but doesn't make you seem like you're intrusive. Like the camera's like just hitting them in the face yeah. or anything like that. So there's like a lot of personal moments, especially with like Francis McDormand and like her just trying to uh, trying to survive and shit like that. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um. I kind of like how it, I don't know why, but I'm more of a, like a psychological person. Mm. I like her psychology. Like, I like how she thinks about things mm. that you know why she does things and you can mm. follow her through it. And even if you don't 100% agree, you could kind of see, you know, where she's at mentally and why she's doing certain things. Mm. Um, even though she's I love how her character is written, and I really don't know, because isn't this based on a true story? Or it was just based on a book. Um, it's based off a book. Let me see. I don't know if it's based off a true story itself. I mean, but like, I'm sure like a lot of stuff that happens in it, it's like it's a very common thing. Yeah. In in that in that life. And I really like how, um, like Fern, she's so abrupt. Oh, yeah. She's so abrupt. And, like, she doesn't mean to be funny, but it just is. Mm. So I really like I really like that. Um, 
Yeah, the book that's based off, which is called Nomad Land: Surviving America in the 21st Century, it's a nonfiction book. So it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad people like her exist. Ah, then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because Jason, Jason, just sorry, Jessica Broder. Um, sorry, bro. Bruder. 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 Thank you. Jessica Bruder is a journalist. So I would imagine Jessica Bruder like followed these people around mm-hmm. and like got the story and stuff like that. So um, there's there's one thing that I didn't think about while watching it. And I'm, I'm actually kind of I'm kind of sad myself that I didn't think about this before. Um, but I did notice it. There is like this film doesn't really cover like this life. If there was, if it was anybody else that isn't white, there was a black lady. There was one black lady. <laughs> I know, I know. There was one black because I remember while watching, I was just like, hmm, it's interesting how there's no black people here. And there was one black lady, right? Mm-hmm. And like that black lady's in there for like 15 seconds. Um, I heard stories that like you don't often see, uh, no, uh like minorities who are nomads because of what happens. Because of how how well the, they don't get the, treated probably well if they're yeah. found parking overnight somewhere exactly or, how it like escalates really quickly mm-hmm. you know to like a dangerous situation which I I kind of wish they at least covered that to give it a little form of like realism to it like get you further into that life that's a whole nother story but I would love to see that mm. like I don't think that would have done anything for this story oh really yeah because this story was about fern. About fern. Fern to fern, fern, fern. <laughs> um, but I I think that's a totally different story. And mm. I would love to see that for sure. But I, I just feel mm. like too, like there's like a whole mental health aspect that would come with being a minority and being a nomad. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, but most people who would try to be nomadic either end up in jail, end up in a mental hospital, mm. or end up on the streets with nothing. Yeah, yeah, and and they and they kind of they kind of cover the mental aspect, especially like the health aspect of it as well. Like one particular character, uh, what her name was, Swanky. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they, they, they kind of like cover that and how that is something to like really be concerned about, especially if you are a nomad. Um, uh, I the, the I feel I feel like this movie was going to start going into more of the mental about the, the the mental health issues that come along with this, about mm-hmm. how it can be somewhat, I don't want to say if it's like degenerative or anything like that, but there seemed like there might be something going on there. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to explain it with Fern uh, a little further on, because in her story, you're kind of getting an idea that something might not be mentally wrong with, something might be mentally wrong with her. Like she has a fear of like, not a fear, fear, but maybe mm. like a fear of like small places. Mm, yeah, she doesn't yeah. want to be confined. Yeah, and that's the thing. I kind of like wanted them to explore that a little further more mm-hmm. instead of like, oh, she's got to dip out. I feel like they did explore it enough. Really? Yeah. Because there were times where she was having conversations with people and you mm. get an idea of how her life used to be mm. and the whole process of letting go. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like they did cover it more than you probably realized. Oh, okay, okay. It was pretty subtle. Um, so what did you? I don't do. What did you think of the performance? Is there anybody that stuck out or? Because I'm hearing like Frances McDormand's getting like all these fucking. Light Definitely reviews. her, but I liked her friend. I think her name was Linda. 
Like Linda oh, May? Oh, Linda May? I yeah. like Linda May. She was great. Every time Linda May showed up, I was like, oh, shit, she's here. Hell yeah. yeah. I liked Linda May. And that was just like a regular person, too. Yeah, I liked her, and I liked um, mm. the David Stratern, or whatever his name is. Dave? <laughs> Fucking Dave. <laughs> well, Kelsey and I were, like, watching this. We'd just be like... Fuck Dave. Like, and that's the thing. He, I wouldn't even say fuck Dave. I was just like, fucking Dave. <laughs> and that's the thing. He didn't, like, do anything, like, atrocious or bad. We were just like, fuck Well, he Dave. did something. He did do something. Oh, that's right. That, oh. But not, like, he didn't, like, kill anybody or steal anything. Or, or like, run over a puppy or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> he just shattered dreams. <laughs> Pun. Um... Okay, so you want to get into the spoiler section? Yeah. All right, so we're going to hop into uh, the spoiler section to talk in detail um, about Nomadland. Uh, so the folks who have seen it, you know, top on in. We're going to just, you know, go a little further, talk about some things, a lot of things. I'm trying things. to get ready to dance already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Kelsey's long. like stretching and shit like, like that. come on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for those who have not, Sorry, I had to get the volumes right. All right. So for those who have not seen Nomadland, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Um, so is there anything is there anything that stuck out with you um and nomad lad that you enjoyed didn't enjoy anything i like how they kept bringing up the can opener <laughs> oh that that was like the connection between the two yeah yeah um i would imagine that's like a common occurrence like when it comes to um uh, people in that lifestyle mm-hmm. i imagine that like somebody because there's, you know, because there's like that part where there's like a community like free pool or stuff, you know, stuff they're giving away. Mm-hmm. And I bet you anything like people like find something and then maybe they turn around and go give it away or sell it or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, that, that used to be mine or some shit like that. Right. Hmm. I had an idea right now. Okay. I have a feeling that they didn't really want to focus entirely on the mental health aspect of mm-hmm. being a nomad mm-hmm. because there are plenty of people who don't have like very apparent mental health issues like mm, they, okay. they probably didn't want to make it about that i think and i and told you i think that might have i mean like like I, like how you said about like like how you said to me about like how if they covered like the minority aspect of it or whatever and you said like oh i think that's like a separate movie separate story mm-hmm. i think the whole mental um mental health thing i think that would have actually probably been like a whole mental mental <laughs> a whole separate story as well yeah. or it may, maybe because I'm kind of like walking back my words now. Maybe like it might have taken away like the experience of like Fern and like why she's doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. yeah. And also um, the reason. So you think they didn't really cover the whole mental health mm-hmm. thing yeah. that much. Or like she was too like, all right, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really get it. But I like I knew when it was coming because. Mm-hmm. Her whole thing is that she lived this life with her husband for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always been really independent. She has that conversation with her sister. Yeah. And you get an idea that she lived this life with her husband. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why she left is because he died. 
Yeah, in the town. In the and then town the town went, went under. Yeah. Like, they lost their fucking zip code. I know. That was like, that's like at the start of the movie. And I don't remember who said it, but one of them was like, fuck. <laughs> I didn't know that was. A, <laughs> I think I, it was me. I didn't know that was an actual thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she ends up becoming a nomad because partly because she doesn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. But also, like, she can't put her roots down anywhere else because that was her home. Yeah. And as she goes through the story, you get a sense that she's kind of happier now. Yeah. Um, like, like, and I could kind of liken mm-hmm. it to being married and then not being married. Like, there's more freedom in what she's doing than, you know, being married to somebody who's dead. Yeah, I yeah I totally believe that because she's like always, um, she's like always going like from here and there and everywhere, and she's mm-hmm. always like meeting new people, experience new things. Like there's that really there's that great part where she's like traveling through the woods, and she's like out experience it, um, and she has like no no ties to anybody or to anything. She doesn't exactly have to be anywhere any mm-hmm. particular any particular uh, day unless it's for like a job. Um, which I think I think is great because they kind of like they they hit at home at the end where she's like I've been spending my life remembering that I need to like focus on something else. Yeah, she's like I spend too much of my life remembering. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's like a great like uh, like send off for like the character story. Like okay, cool, and like it's um it's great because like how she like at the end of the movie it's just her driving off like just on the road <laughs> on the road again. <laughs> Which I I I thought it was great and i didn't think i was gonna like it because i remember while we we're watching it um uh, i was like comparing this to a sound of metal the sound of metal yeah the sound of metal where like one particular character i wish had like staying in that place just to be happy uh-huh. and i was like oh i hope they don't do this for like fern like i hope like i hope i'm not like you know, fucking stay on the farm or whatever yeah but like i i liked her character's art because she finally just started to live yeah and that's the thing too like you could tell she she was disappointed that Dave let his van basically decay. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you're not leaving, are you? And he's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Like, finally, I have a relationship with my son. And yeah. I, I know my grandson. Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, you could tell she was giving it a good think. Like, yeah, yeah. She was tempted because he, she, she knew he really did like her. Mm. But, like... And I'm weird, too. Like, I can't sleep certain ways. Like, in mm. certain rooms or, like, like rooms are too... If they're big rooms, I can't sleep in them that well. Okay. Um, It's got to feel, like, cozy or something. Mm. The room that she was in when she was at Dave's was too big. Yeah. Like, she's in that van. Mm-hmm. Now she's in this spacious room with these huge-ass fucking windows. Yeah. There's no way she's going to stay there. Yeah, because I think... You're going to have to give her, like, a little closet with, like, a little kitchenette set up or something. <laughs> yeah, she was, like, so used to, like, staying inside that van. Like, and it, she, she was so used to staying inside that van and, like, living in that van and, and everything. she was proud of it. Yeah, she was very proud of it. Yeah, even, like, there's that scene where the mechanic was, like, you're better just, like, selling this thing. And the way how she treated it was, like, like, if it was, like, her... Well, I mean, it is her physical home, but... Yeah, like, your home breaks down, you don't fucking buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it showed, like, that more of emotional connection to it. And I thought it was so cool how she was uh, 
figuring ways to like get more space, like even within the van, mm-hmm. and to do that. Um, I gotta admit that that home that Dave was staying at, nice ass house. It was nice. <laughs> it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. It was a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You wouldn't do well in the middle of nowhere. Oh no, I'm a city boy. I know. Gotta be in the city. Even when we went to New York, you're like fuck. <laughs> That's the place where people go to get murdered, and just don't have their body found. Like, ever. ever, yeah, ever. <laughs> Two thousand years later, I know, right? Like when I was exploring that town with, um, oh shit, what's your Mike? Yeah, with Mike. Part there were a couple That's parts. That's my uh, my mom's husband. Yeah, there was a couple of parts where I was looking around. I was like, I can see a body being thrown there. I see a body being buried there and never <laughs> been found. Yeah, not 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 for me. <laughs> I think you were doing that because you're like. Oh, I could, I could bury a body here. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally bury Mike here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so oh, okay, so so back to the, uh, back to the directing. Um, there's one scene. Oh, there's that scene. I thought that scene was very beautiful and very like poignant. Um, where uh, Fern is talking about. Uh, the house her and her husband used to live in and how she mentions about like this huge backyard Mm -hmm. that like really gets like a view of like the area and shit like that right and i thought it was so cool how they had the camera set up where they finally show that they finally show the outside but they show from within the house Mm -hmm. like it's almost like it like represents like a fern's character of being confined but feeling so free and she, yeah, time. and then she's just walking towards the mountains. Yeah, yeah, and she like walks out of the sea. It was like, fuck, I really need to watch Chloe's out like other movies and shit like that. Like her, the way she directs is fucking beautiful. I think it's um, a what's the word? A credit to her mm-hmm. that she's able to direct a film mm-hmm. that I'm sure lots of people find this movie boring, but anyone who actually loves film mm-hmm. would not find this boring. Yeah. I think it's a credit to her that. She can, she has enough confidence to take her time mm. and not rush things to try and get a different crowd in. Oh, you yeah. Like, you would, like, I can't, I have a hard time sitting still. Like, I, yeah. I cannot take my time. Yeah. I don't think I could make a movie that, like this. Really? I, I, unless I'm like in That's, a zen state, which yeah. I never am anymore. But when mm. I was younger, I used to sit there in the woods and uh. just listen to the trees for hours. I think you could totally direct a film like this, especially because like a lot of a lot of times uh uh like directors and writers, they kind of they go back to what they know. Um like one of the, one of the most well-known lines of of uh writers here is like write what you know. And I think this kind of goes into what Chloe Zhao does. She like knows landscape. She knows to like appreciate the beauty of of the outside and how like you said you used to sit out and just be in the woods and just watch stuff i think you if you directed something you would take time to recreate it the way how you remember it mm. maybe <laughs> sorry my brain was like we're not we're not doing a podcast right now let me think about all the ways <laughs> <laughs> let me think about how i used to look up at through the trees when i was in the park with my mom and i was real little uh-huh. or we're gonna take a nap on the blanket but looking up at the sun filtering through the yeah, trees. And, you, and I know you would like want to like replicate that because you would want to share. Like I, that's how, that's how like I do like my my photography. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to make sure I take the picture as closely as I fucking saw. Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes you don't get it because the eye is way different from a from a lens. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you do, and you're like, boom, that's what I saw. That's what I want to be a part of and shit. Um, the writer. That's the movie Chloe's. I said the horse writer is called the writer, which I heard. Uh, 
it was really great. Yeah. Um, would you be shocked to know that Chloe Zhao is directing a Marvel film? No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, she, like she got she got uh, approached to do a Marvel film like I think two years ago, and she's doing that movie, The Eternals. Oh. Um, of course, like. But it, yeah, that would put her flair on it. Like I think I feel like mm. I don't know much about those characters, but mm. they probably would be best served with someone with her eye, like on mm. things that are beautiful and like. Oh yeah, and like character development and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, because you know this 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 is the same thing like Marvel does. They get like independent directors who haven't who have yet to prove themselves, but has like an eye for like, like they've visual. barely cut their teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like any like independent director or director that's trying to get a name for themselves, they're like, oh, this big studio is coming at me. All right, cool. Let me get on this, and then I can do whatever the fuck I want. I mean, yeah, like, Taika Waititi. Taika is like a prime example. <laughs> Fucking even he blew the fuck up. I know. Even like John Favreau. Even even though John Favreau did like Swingers and he did like Zathora and stuff like that, he did Iron Man, build up the MCU. Now he's doing his true love which is like star wars now mm-hmm. um so like watching nomad like i definitely want to watch the writer now mm-hmm. um and i really can't wait to see what she does with eternals if, yeah. it's, if it's gonna look as beautiful as as she had as nomad land which is like all like natural looks mm-hmm. you know, no special effects can you imagine the shit she's gonna do with like when she gets all that money mm-hmm. um so yeah looking forward to that one <laughs> I, I like this film. You do? Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, actually, now I remember what was that, another thought I had. Um, this movie kind of remind me of First Cow. A little bit, but yeah. uh, I like this one better. Oh, really? I liked First Cow, but mm-hmm. there were times where I felt myself wandering on that one. Like mm-hmm. my mind would wander. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of reminded me of First Cow because it kind of, it, it reminded me of the whole like, america aspect of like trying to survive in america and go from like place to place Mm. and admiring like what you're seeing i compared it differently honestly i think i did think of first cow too Mm. but i like i could picture something but i couldn't remember where Mm. and the pacing on that one didn't it wasn't it didn't capture things the way what nomadland yeah okay it did it didn't capture things the way nomadland did Mm, okay like the pacing on both were slow yeah but like first cow is like there's a boat the boat is still there <laughs> i know the, the boat scene for like 10 minutes <sighs> that fucking boat i know um marvel at the boat <laughs> the boat's looking at you now so and that's just what it, it seemed like that one was slow just to be slow oh like, first cow yeah because mm. that's how life was back then but you yeah. can't make a movie that way you just can't Mm. And like so, the film was good, but it you felt, still you still feel mo- Nomadland. Over Nom- from- yeah, Nomadland yeah. had a purpose for its pacing. Yeah, absolutely. Not just because things were supposed to be slow because it's a slow time. It's mm. like it's still got to be interesting. Mm. And I felt like Nomadland did a, a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I think Nomadland does do a, a better job than uh, First Cow. Um, even though I still, I'm not, I'm not shitting on that movie. I yeah, liked it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, we're not like shitting on it. It's just like you know, this the comparison is like still kind of there, but uh, you know, not so much. Um, but yeah, No Man Land does do it. No Man Land uh, still does it like better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, they ended up in a place called the Badlands. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how many places in America are called that. 
You talking about Nomad Land? Mm-hmm. What was the Badlands? They were in a place called the Badlands. I know, but like, I don't, I don't remember. Like, her and, and Lisa, her and Lisa May were like working at the camp or something, the campsite. Oh, okay, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and right. they were making a joke about being in the Badlands. Oh yeah, they're bad bitches in the Badlands or yeah. something like that. Yeah, God, I like Lisa May. Well, because they have the Badlands like right near Borrego Springs, also. So is that the area that? Uh, is it the area that Francis McDormand's walking around, like where she kind of got lost for a second? Is that is that considered like a bad land? Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't. I I know she was at some kind of state park. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Usually, badlands are not like you can't live there. Oh, uh, okay. Um. Yeah, but it's weird because it's like there's a place called the Badlands mm-hmm. right outside of Brago Springs, and people use it for RV like. Having fun with ATVs and all that. Uh, um, Was there... Okay, so was there ever a point in your mind that you thought that uh, Fern was going to stay with David? Um, Not 100% of the way, but Mm. there was a time where I was like, maybe she had like a 75% chance of staying. Mm. I honestly think like... For like a second. Like a part, like one part of me is like, I wish she did stay, but I'm actually glad that she didn't. I think it would have actually really gone against the character um, if she did stay with Dave, because like how you're saying about the confined space and everything like that, mm-hmm. it would have been like a whole shift in her personality, her whole character. I don't think it would have been that much of a shift, really? right? Because she was actively, at first it was subconscious, but then she was actively trying to let go of her husband, mm. um, and she realized that she was holding on to that for so long. Yeah. And if I almost feel like if she chose to stay with Dave, mm-hmm. she would have finally let him go. That's and true. And even though she did let him go uh, in many senses of the word, mm-hmm. at, you know, in continuing on with her journey, mm-hmm. I don't think she ever fully would get, like, let go of him because if, she if, still kept the ring. Yeah. She traveled back to their old house. Yeah. Like, so, I think it's more a story of people trying to find themselves. And it, and it, it's like, that's why I feel like if she stayed, it would have been her, okay, I can move on now. Mm. And by her traveling, she's still not really moving on. She's just mm. living differently with her mind. That's the, that's the, I, I actually think it would be... Like if she did stay, if like if she did stay with Dave, then it would have been more like, um, yeah, she's like leaving her, 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 she's 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 now moving past her her dead husband, which I believe his name was Bo, um, but it would have just been into like almost like into the arms of another man, and I'm not saying that's like a disservice to like the memory of the guy, but it would have just been like, it has been like her going from one position from one love to like another instead of like being by herself to like really find herself i don't think so really because i know people who go from one man to another Mm. the whole mindset is Mm. different than what she was experiencing Mm, she lived without him for a long time yeah like she didn't have anyone else well no that's the thing no she like yeah she she lived with him for lived without him for a long time physically but mentally she was always still with him yeah, mm. but I'm saying like the whole serial relationship thing is not yeah. an issue she would have, and yeah. her being with Dave mm. would not be like that. Wouldn't be an issue. I don't think that would be like, oh, you can't be alone because she was alone. Yeah, like she was, 
And there are plenty of people who couldn't be with somebody else after being with someone. Mm. Um, That's the thing. I don't think she was ever like fully alone, though. She was fully alone. He died, and she lived by herself in that house. I know. I know. I know. She lived by herself, but she was still like mentally still with him. Like even even like the part with like the dishes like that she had, and that when Dave Dave dropped the bo- well the box kind of broke on me from Dave, and then like it shattered. You know, fuck Dave and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like still a part of her that she was still trying to like hold on to, like her old, her old life. And I think it was when. Um, she went back to the what's it called into the storage and mm-hmm. she was like just get rid of it like I don't need that stuff ever again uh-huh. I think that was like signifying that like okay now she's like truly by herself because yeah. that's her past her even though that life was even though she like lost the house you know all she had was the storage and then that that van she was still living in the past and mm-hmm. I think her going to the warehouse and then going uh, or the factory where he worked at and going to that house that was like her like final goodbye mm-hmm. to like everything about him yeah maybe <laughs> I, like I'm, uh, I'm in agreement but also disagreement no no i know it's obviously it's two like, different viewpoints yeah. it's almost like kind of flippant to think that way because mm. you know like he died <laughs> you know like she's got to deal with that grief mm. so she's not it's not like she's still with somebody mm. i like most people don't act like her. Like True. most people would be like, "All right, let me find another guy." Mm. So I don't, I don't agree that she. I, I agree he was probably taking up real estate in her brain mm-hmm. and in her heart, but I don't think. I don't think that if she was with Dave, it would just be her jumping to another guy. Because if she wanted to do that, she would have already done it. Mm. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no, I see I see your point of view. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not my point of view, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there uh, anything else? No. All right. Cool. What we got up next? We have What the Fuck Did We Just Watch? <laughs> are look mm-hmm. okay look uh-huh. mark hates me we all know this i don't hate you you fucking hate me no no that's why we're doing man of steel <laughs> that's you why gotta, we're going you gotta watch them you gotta watch these movies first before we get into justice league you, before why we get do into, we have to do justice league because because <laughs> we have to why <laughs> i'm sure everyone who listens to the podcast would agree to just leave that shit alone. Yeah, sure. All the the cult of Snyder would disagree. They'd be like, "No, wait, the Snyder guy." I don't think any Snyder fans are watching or, or listening? listening to us. Oh, if I don't are, think they wear their bag. I I don't care if they are. <laughs> if they if they are not listening now, I'll make sure they'll listen later. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this is gonna be a. Uh, I think a four week long uh, special for our variety time, which is what the fuck did we just watch? Where we cover the DC, the DCEU leading up to Justice League, mm. the Snyder cut. I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta like separate the two. There's the Justice League, and then there's Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> um, Kelsey has never watched any of these DCEU films, mm-hmm. 
no, you've seen Wonder Woman, uh, you've seen Shazam, uh, Birds of Prey, and you have... And Wonder Woman 1984. And Wonder Woman 1984. But yeah, you've never seen Man of Steel, uh, <laughs> Batman vs. Superman, <laughs> or uh, or the other Justice League movie. Or Suicide Squad, too. We gotta do Suicide Squad. Too. I didn't watch Aquaman, either. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're gonna talk about Man of Steel. Chelsea? Yes. What did you think of Man of Steel? <laughs> I actually enjoyed this one. Okay. Because you told me that mm. this was probably the best one they did. It is. And it's uh, it's on a fucking curve. Yeah. Mm. There, It had problems, mm. but it was entertaining. And it, it was like, I liked it. Yeah. Oh, but also Amy Adams is really fucking distracting. I, I know. In every single movie she's in. And it's not like, oh, she's hot. I'm distracted by her. It's uh-huh. like. She always looks like she's lost or, or, <laughs> and or annoyed. Uh, uh, and she was wearing a waist trainer, which I thought was yeah, hilarious. You pointed that out. I was like, wait, what? And then you pointed it out. I was like, oh, shit, I see it now. <laughs> like you could see it under her clothes, like yeah. not not the color of it or anything. But you could see where it was like mm. rippling from tucking in her body. Mm-hmm. Like she was wearing a corset. <laughs> okay, so... Um, What's what's your what's your opinion of okay? Uh, let's do bit by bit. Okay. Okay. Um, now you don't really have a point of reference when it comes to like who plays Superman, do you? Like you've never have you ever watched the the Adventures of Lois and Clark? Like the old. Uh, I watched a cartoon. Okay, so you've watched the cartoon. Okay, you and uh, the WB and, cartoon. And Lois, yeah, Lois Lane had black hair, I think. Yeah. Okay. So you can that's and I'm telling you, you've never seen the. Uh, the the Richard Donner from like the Christopher Reese Superman movies have you no okay so this is like your first this is technically your first live action Superman movie, yeah right except for that Batman movie that I swore was a Superman movie what Batman movie I don't know I keep telling you I thought Lois Lane was like Kitty Holmes played her oh no you keep <laughs> my God uh, or no. not not that she was Lois Lane but she was like on a plane. Oh no no that's right the uh the the Superman Returns so oh okay so it was a Superman movie I did watch that okay one. so you did watch that one but I don't okay. remember it but okay. that's all I remember is Katie Holmes <laughs> but this, Katie Holmes is not in it it's not Katie Holmes who is it uh uh something Bos Kate Bosworth I think yeah so I'm getting them confused as per my usual <laughs> God which okay. means i really don't remember anything about them <laughs> okay so as in like henry cavill's superman what do you think of him as the man of steel perfect i know see that's the thing he's a great man of steel he really is especially mm-hmm. like of now he's a great man of steel he um, has the build mm-hmm. he has the look mm. he acts well like there's mm. n- there are he emotes when he needs to mm. but there's also like a quiet mysteriousness about him that yeah. you would think that batman and batman superman would have mm-hmm. um and then the whole quest for knowledge about where he came from and his family yeah so yeah that that's like a good startup for like man because this is essentially an origin story you know how does super how does superman become superman you mm-hmm. know his whole legacy of like trying to like find himself he's an he's finds out he's an alien on this alien planet and everything like that right what would you think of of that continuing into the next film of batman like, versus superman that like like how would that work <laughs> exactly like how would that work because you got to take the angst away because now it's got to be about superman and batman nope the angst is still there 
<laughs> okay, I know, but we're getting but ahead he of he wasn't too angsty in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so okay, so your your take on on uh, Amy Adams? Do you think that she was a good Lois Lane? No, I know that's that, like I felt like Lois. First of all, mm-hmm. two things about this Lois Lane mm-hmm. and Lois Lane in, in general. Mm-hmm. Lois Lane had no reason to be in any of the places where we found her in this film. Exactly. She's like, there's like, there's that part where she's like in the airplane where they're like, they're, they're traveling. They're, they're, like a military airplane or some shit. Yeah. And it's just like, why is Lois there? Lois has no reason to fucking be on that plane. Yeah. I, I can understand maybe at the beginning where she like, uh, she's in that, uh, she gets into that military compound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's like, uh, what did she say? Uh, the only reason why I'm here is because one judge said I could be here or something like that. And yeah. I, I remember you were just like, I don't care what fucking judge say that. You, you, yeah, you can't like get judges in. don't give top secret clearance to reporters. <laughs> the yeah. fuck? Um, but the other thing about Lois Lane is, mm. even though I don't remember much about the comics or like the, the, the cartoon, cartoon mm. growing up. I distinctly remember Lois Lane hmm. being a strong woman. Yeah. Like she was intelligent. Yeah. She could handle her emotions. Mm-hmm. Like she was there for Batman and mm-hmm. Batman for Superman. <laughs> and like I I got a strong sense of like if I knew her, I would feel safe around her. Yeah. Like she just was everything that a woman would probably want to be. Mm-hmm. Like and and she was like she didn't she wasn't lost and she wasn't <laughs> stupid like amy adams in yeah this film. so this so this lois lane this lois amy, amy adams lois lane you know is the exact opposite of what you just described exactly and yeah i have a problem with it like lois lane has been in other superman films but like and i'm not saying oh she knows her place but like there is a place for lois lane to kind of to almost be like the comic relief a couple times mm-hmm. you know her and jimmy olsen who's not in this movie but there's a bit of like of uh, a little bit of like lightheartedness like camaraderie exactly exactly we don't get any of it and it's, her, her acting's weird because it's like it's kind of breathy like i'm a reporter who's supposed to be here like kind of like <laughs> that it's like so weird and it's almost like she's like yell yell whispering like there's that part where her and perry white are arguing and perry's just like i think you saw something blah blah she's like maybe i did i don't know <laughs> it was <just> so like, <laughs> um, what did you think of uh, Sh- Michael Shannon as General Zod? Perfect. I fully agree. I love Michael Shannon. That dude's an amazing actor. It's funny. I don't remember mm. what I've seen him in, but I know I've seen him in some things. And I always love yeah. him. But I think it's funny because I feel like if Rami Malek and Joaquin Phoenix had a baby, it would look like him. <laughs> it looked like Michael Shannon? Yeah. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Um, I feel like in this movie, Michael Shannon knows what the fuck he's playing. And he's hamming up, hamming it up. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I'm just fucking psycho fucking dictator, you know? Like, there's that line that I think if anybody else delivered it, it would have not have worked. There's a line at the beginning of the movie where... Um, Zod and, and his crew, they're getting shot into like the Phantom Zone and everything. He's like, I will find him. I will find him. And then he's like, I will find him. I'm like, mm-hmm. anybody else said that? I'll just burst out laughing. Yeah. Because he makes it believable. Like, he almost feels like he'd probably be a method actor. He is a method actor. Well, then that's why. <laughs> um, 
what so Perry White is normally played by a white guy. Like in the comic he's a white guy, but this one we got Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White. Mm-hmm. Um did it did any of that kind of like take away? Because there were some people actually arguing about that. Like Perry White should be white, you know. That's that kind it's of in super, the name. I know that's kind of super mentality. But did that take anything away from this movie? Like, did it bother you that it was it was him? I didn't know that he was white in any other. Like, I have no point of reference on that. Mm, mm. I don't think he was spectacular in this role. I literally could have been anybody else. That is true. Um, and I see him. Mm. And I don't think of uh, Hannibal. Oh, his role in Hannibal? Yeah, and I don't think about anything else except for that one movie that he was in that I tried to get you to watch. Oh, that Arctic movie? It wasn't Arctic. It was like it was home, too- Homebound or some shit. Uh, I gotta show you some like some of Lawrence. But it was really good because he played a villain in that one. Oh, right. oh, I love when he plays a villain. So I was like, that's what I. That's. The memory I have of him, of like, like that's what's imprinted on my mind now. <laughs> Damn, you're all beating yourself <laughs> up about it. So, like, for me, if I'm gonna say anything about him playing that role, it was mm. just disappointing. I didn't, because even in Hannibal, he's mm. kind of walking that line of villain. Mm. So he was more memorable in that one for me. In Hannibal, yeah, true, like, true, like really. he was acting. Like I've not seen him. Like this was a really boring role for him. I don't. I don't know. Mm. He probably got a lot of money for it, and that's oh, why I he was in it. Oh, I don't doubt it. It's DC. Yeah. Um, apparently, it wasn't enough because he jumped ship and went to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I had to agree with you. Like, I like I always love seeing Lord Fishburne in anything. But yeah, I had to agree. Like they could have actually really got anybody else. Mm-hmm. I guess they haven't really. Uh, obviously, because they hadn't really built that. We they haven't built that dynamic. Like fully built that dynamic with between him and Lois and him and Clark, because Clark is obviously not a reporter, mm-hmm. you know, not until the end of the movie, which makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Um, but so we don't really get like the 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 dynamic between the three and how he's kind of seen like as a father figure or a guy with like wisdom and stuff like that. He's just more like, I I, you, I want this reporter like now, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah, we didn't get enough time with him. Mm-hmm. So maybe he, maybe they put him in that role because they were expecting him to yeah. grow it. Yeah. And for people to like go follow him through the story. Yeah, yeah. But that didn't happen. So it's <laughs> just not a good role. Obviously. Um, so what, okay, so the main thing, oh, actually, before we go, mm, okay, let's do the action because I wanted to, I just want to talk about the over, overarching story, but let's go on the action. Um, what's your opinion on the action within this movie? Um, I felt like the action was pretty good mm-hmm. for like for like ninety five percent of it. Oh, okay, you know, like I don't know what it is, but um, like superhero movies or like action movies, especially mm-hmm. when they're like real crazy, mm-hmm. it's just shaky all the time. Transformer Transformers is a great example of that. Even yeah. like some, even like the first Born Identity. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you just kind of. Like, this one, it wasn't like that. Like, I could fall, my eyes could follow it. Mm. Like, <laughs> I don't know if other people have this issue, but, like, it's one of the reasons why I have such a hard time play- playing Smash Brothers. Oh, it's, sh- like, too much shit's going There's on. There's just too much going on. I can't, I lose where I am, and then all of a sudden, my eyes are on somebody else, and I'm, like, falling off because <laughs> I thought I was somebody else now, because, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that goes pretty wild, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same thing, like, mm. I-, I could follow this one. Mm. 
and usually it made sense. Yeah. So like, like I, I, I can, I, I mean, like I don't completely hate this movie. There are some really redeeming qualities about. It. Like I actually really do like um, the first what, like ten minutes where they're on Krypton, mm-hmm. and you get an idea of how this planet is. We yeah. see like. Even though it's funny, uh, Russell Crowe's character Jarrell has a, a dragon to ride on. Like, whoa, are we in Dungeons and Dragons now? What the fuck is this? You yeah, know? and they call the baby Cal. Yeah, that's so weird. They kept calling him Cal. Cal. Go see Cal. Um, <laughs> but, like, this whole world, like, the the world building within the first 10 minutes, it's like, it's a rush, but it works out well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, holy shit, this is crypt. I can totally picture this as being Krypton. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, picks up, like, actually, like, from the go like all right action 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 right but it's not like disjoint uh disjointed or anything like that mm-hmm. even though there's some logic that makes no sense like how he can like jump into that pool where like they grow the kids and stuff like that mm-hmm. like there's are there no guards there there's no yeah. gatling guns or gun turrets or anything makes no fucking sense um and the action like oh hit the mic <laughs> <laughs> the action like the um uh the battle in smallville Mm-hmm. I love that action scene. I think that shit is great. Mm-hmm. Where he's fighting, uh, Superman is fighting up against uh, Farah Yol, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Is it General Sonic? I think that's the guy's name. Oh no, Pfft. nope. General Sonic is the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like that part is cool, even though there's like all that product placement. You know, mm-hmm. brought to you by Ahel, Seven Eleven, Sears. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, my biggest gripe is like that end in action scene. Because it goes, it gets way too like, it almost gets kind of annoying. It was annoying because I felt like they were just randomly exploding things in the same section of like the street in between the buildings. But mm-hmm. the buildings never got any damage. No, the buildings got plenty of damage. No, in this one particular spot where like. Oh, okay. You could see like when they would pull the, the camera away. Uh-huh. It was like they kept, they were fighting in the street before mm. it got real, real crazy, but they mm. were fighting in the street and it was like, like if I showed it to you again, you'd understand what I was talking about. Mm. It was just weird. It was like, okay, let's move the fight somewhere else. Mm. Like, And boy, did they ever. <laughs> they moved it through the whole city. Um, but it, then it became too much, right? It was like not mm. enough and then too much. Yeah. So when at the time when this movie was released, a lot of people had um, had complaints about like the level of destruction mm-hmm. that happens in this movie. Um, because Superman has always been this guy who's like who not only works hard to like defeat the bad guy, but works hard to make sure there's a uh, little to like. There's minimal damage to the city and to like the people around, mm-hmm. um, and people have argued they're like Superman would never have let this happen. This is that, and then the other side of the argument is, well, Superman is just he. He also didn't have a choice. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a choice, and yo, know, this is like his first day being Superman. Like, yeah, he hasn't really like found his place yet, or like, oh, this is how I like make sure I when I punch him, he doesn't go through a fucking building or anything like mm-hmm. that. So what's what's what did that like bother you like as? The fact that he was just they were just destroying everything? It did, but not not from the standpoint of like people who know Superman. Mm-hmm. But definitely like it bothered me because it was just too much. It was like shiny penny syndrome. Yeah, I like oh the fan the fans will love to see all these buildings crash down all the time. And for mm-hmm. a second I swore it was a Godzilla film. <laughs> you know? Godzilla's walking by like, I ain't getting none of that. 
I'm good. <laughs> Where's King Kong? Let me go punch him. Yeah. It it wasn't good. What's okay, so here so I'm gonna throw I'm gonna try I'm gonna throw a little little bit of curveball at you. So there's this destruction, there's destruction that happened in Man of Steel, and then there's destruction in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, like, what in your mind, if you can remember, like, what's the difference? Because they kind of do the same carnage. Mm-hmm. Okay. The difference is one of them you could tell was for show, and the other one looked like an actual war zone. Which one was the war zone? Avengers. Avengers? Okay. A war was happening. Okay. Like, you could tell it was like mm. a city under siege. Mm, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. The, uh, in Man of Steel? Mm-hmm. Just blowing they up They were shit. just running into shit at random. <laughs> they're, they're running into shit so random that you they fucking destroyed a... They leveled a, the whole fucking city. Yeah, and a Wayne, Wayne Industry satellite yeah. <laughs> got thrown out, too. Like, everything was for show. It didn't make any sense. Mm. I would have to say that, like... And, um, this is not to take away from what we're saying about Man of Steel, but this is to kind of draw the comparison. Like, even in Avengers, there was, like, a flow to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we got an idea of, like, this character's doing this, this character's doing this. And, yeah. like, like there's a like, really great scene where, like, you see him, like, fighting in sequence and, like, all, like, the camera's, like, following them. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just, like, punch, fly, crap, punch, fly, like, it's, mm-hmm. almost, it's almost like Zack Snyder had, like, a whole Lego set of, like, Metropolis, like, the city, mm-hmm. and got the Superman and Zod character. It was, like, pew, pew like smash yeah like, he threw this building Bleh! like all that kind of stuff <laughs> which i got this sense and i'm and i'm not one of the people who argued who's just like super would never do it. i understand why this level of carnage would happen but it, it sometimes it can kind of be too overwhelming like okay we get it he's through another building he's through another building mm-hmm. all right give me something a little different i did enjoy the part where zod grabbed him by the cape and like swung him around and threw him mm. And I think that was the argument that, uh, what's her name from Incredibles said? Like, no Edna capes. not mode. Yeah. <laughs> no, no capes. <laughs> this is case happened. Um, okay, so what do you think about the overarching, like, story within itself? I, I didn't really have any issues with the story. Mm. I kind of, now I'm remembering about that one thing that we said was, it happened out of sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like overarchingly like the story made sense like he showed up on earth he's trying mm. to live like incognito mm. um he has this weird phase where he's working at a bar yeah um but then he realizes he can't he can't really he do can't it. hide forever he's yeah. that he's just meant to take care of people yeah um and so then he starts to grow into his role mm and that's when shit really goes down so like Mm. i felt like that whole part was fine okay there and some of the supporting things that went along with that were fine too but not everything which which supporting things like his mother Mm -hmm. i think his mother did a really good job oh diane keaton yeah i I enjoyed i enjoyed her mother she kind of had a she did kind of have the feel of of the martha um Martha Kent character. I still have a huge problem with the... Uh, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Kelsey's is like... Every time Kevin Costner showed up, she was like, oh, it's Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> um, but don't worry. I know the difference. Yeah, I'm just actually, actually joking. Yeah. Um, Though I know you can't tell with me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the whole like... The whole Jonathan Kent thing about... like, And you, you and I kind of talked about like that scene where Clark is like, you think I should have let him drown? He's like, oh, maybe. And, I, and like, I, I don't like that what he says the whole maybe thing because it kind of really goes against from like the jonathan kent character of like 
you save people, not at any cost, but you save people because you have like this gift. Mm-hmm. You know, use your it's use your gift for good and to like save the lives and everything. But like his whole death scene is always fucking annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> the fact that like he went to go save the dog and his his ankle got busted and the dog's like fuck you and took off. <laughs> I didn't have the issues you had with mm. him. Okay. Um, just because I don't I don't know him mm. from any like the comics or nothing. Yeah. So I didn't have an issue with how he was talking to um, Clark. To Clark. Mm. Not even when he said maybe because you said, like you're saying like maybe as an answer. Mm. But he had a maybe and then a pause and then he was continuing his thought. Mm. And so I don't think he, I, I know his whole thing was like, I don't want you to die. You're my son. Yeah. And they're going to fucking... Like, come after you. Come after you, kill you, put you in the lab or whatever. Mm. Um, so I didn't think that was totally unbelievable, but I could see where people would have an issue because it doesn't go with what you know of the character. Yeah, yeah. I definitely had an issue with that fucking tornado scene. <laughs> what was your issue with it? It was stupid. It was. It, it's so dumb because, like, like... I, and I know, and I know people who watch this movie is just like, well, that's a character-defining moment for for Clark Kent. It's it's supposed to be, but it's not as valid as it should have been, because like Superman or you know Superman is the character is a god. He can do he he has super speed, super strength, heat vision, all this kind of other stuff, right? He can do he can do almost everything, right? And it's just so annoying that something that physical happens to Jonathan Kent and Superman could sa- could like couldn't save him just because Jonathan put his hand up like no don't let me die. It totally would have made more sense mm-hmm. if because they were on the road, mm-hmm. somebody's car at the get go mm-hmm. accidentally pinned his father in that seat, mm-hmm. and his mother was there trying to get like mm-hmm. him out. Yeah, and then maybe it could have been so like... So then he had to choose between the, saving her or saving him, but he couldn't do both. Yeah, see, now that would have made sense. Like, yeah, totally. Like, my like my, my take of it would be like how he died in the comics where like he has a heart attack and Superman is like, oh shit, I can't save him from that, you know? But yeah, and like realistically, like visual-wise, yeah, it makes sense, like you said, that he had a... He, it, would have to, it would prove that like, oh shit... There are times Superman has to make the tough choice mm-hmm. who who he can save and who who he can't save mm-hmm. because we establish that even though super speed super strength he can't be any he can't be everywhere all the time and then you could think too like okay well maybe he could if my scenario played out mm. he could pick the car up where the fuck is he gonna put it though <laughs> right everyone's gonna be like Clark's picking up a and, car and, and also like how much room would you have if they're all hiding under the bridge yeah yeah exactly exactly. Um, yeah, that part always bugs the fuck out of he me. He should have just loaded them all into a bus and then flew the bus away. Yeah, he's already pushed them out of a lake. So I know. <laughs> um, it's okay. So then here, here's like, so the biggest point of controversy that happened with this movie is how Superman dispatches General Zod. Mm-hmm. Snap his neck, right? <laughs> a lot of people were like, Superman doesn't kill. And a lot of people were like, what did you expect him to do? Yeah. Okay. What's your take on that? That was dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> Why was it dumb? Because I would get a sense that 
if he I didn't get a sense that he didn't want to do that, like he was conflicted. Mm-hmm. So then in my mind, if it's something that he could have done that whole time, mm-hmm. then he should have done it sooner. Mm-hmm. Or when it finally came to that moment, he mm-hmm. should have been more conflicted over it if that was really, like, goes against his character to do so. Yeah. I didn't get anything from that except some fighting and then a very anticlimactic anticlimactic end yeah <laughs> like even even though he was like no don't do it he snapped his neck he's like Bruh! he like but that but that wasn't really like that was not like it a scream of <laughs> i'm conflicted it was a scream of mm. i can't deal with my anxiety <laughs> and and people who argue and i would say this to anybody who's listening who like says like well he had to kill him blah 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 you know it kind of like him screaming and being like saddened that the fact he had to kill this person. Mm. Yo, he just like murdered the rest of his race on that ship. Mm-hmm. Remember, like he got in the ship and Clark and Zod was like, "No, if you like destroy the strip, destroy sorry, destroy the ship, you'll kill Krypton." And remember, he's like, "Krypton has time." Zap, and he killed. He like killed like any chance of Krypton coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's just like. Dude, why are you screaming about this? You just murdered your fucking entire race. Yeah. He didn't murder his entire race, though. What do you mean? Because they hid the codex or whatever in oh, him in his body? as a baby. Yeah, but he's not going to be able to get it out. He's got, he's got, little, he's got little tiny Kryptonians like, walking around his body and shit. <laughs> in his DNA. Look, he just from here mm. needs to become Legion. The show Legion? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a great show. <laughs> you know, because of all yeah, the yeah, Kryptonians. all the voices and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine a fucking crazy ass fucking Superman. I know. He's like, <laughs> you know, all the voices and shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you, so, so you still think you think that at least it still is a good movie, like despite some mm-hmm. of its problems. And yeah, I agree with you. It is. And I would actually even venture to say better than Wonder Woman. Ah, the first Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. Mm. Anything is better than the second one. <laughs> but the first one is better than the first one. Huh. Huh. I, I don't know. I can't because really... I feel like they did his... If you think about it, mm-hmm. they're very similar characters. Yes. Because they have that whole truth and justice thing. Mm-hmm. And they're both like a fish out of water kind of thing. But hers is really fucking naive mm. to the point where it's almost like you wrote her that way because she's a fucking woman. Yeah. And him is very like, I just want everyone to be okay. Mm, okay. You I know see. what I mean? Yeah, I can say yeah. Like can every his decisions make sense. Her decisions sometimes don't because mm-hmm. she can't see past the whole truth and justice thing. I don't gotcha. know. So I feel like he was better. That man of steel was better. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I probably, I you know, I probably agree with that because I think I've watched Man of Steel like over and over several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only seen one of them maybe like maybe twice. And the villain was better in Man of Steel. That is true. The love interest wasn't better, but it also wasn't as annoying or grating. I think the love interest between Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor was actually better than the lowest lane and clark came because well i think their connection was better mm -hmm. but with lois lane and clark kent Mm -hmm. the fact that they didn't really have a connection Mm -hmm. made their whole love interest thing almost forgettable to me so i don't Mm -hmm. care like 
Yeah. That's it. Just if I can't care about it and can't remember it, it can't annoy me. <sighs> You're gonna be so pissed off watching Batman versus <laughs> Superman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like like I said, I you know like I'll, I'll agree. I'll, I'll agree. Sorry, I'll agree with Kelsey that like yeah, I enjoy Man of Steel. Like out of out of all the the DCEU films leading up to Justice League, this is like so far the best one. But like that's just. That's not that the bar is not high. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just gotta like wait and see what happens with the uh, the next couple of movies. geriatric cinematic of the motorcycle diaries before he knew where life would take him before the world knew his name Ernesto Che Guevara and his friend Alberto took the journey of their lives an adventure in search of South America in search of freedom forget who they were and discover who they are. The synopsis is the dramatization about the journey of the 23-year-old Ernesto Guevara, who would several years later become internationally known as Che Guevara. Directed by Walter Salles, written by Jose Rivera, um, the, it's based on the book by Ernesto Guevara and Alberto Granado, and it stars Gael Garcia Bernal, uh, Rodrigo de la Serna, and Mia Maestro. Hmm. So, um, God, I haven't watched this movie in like well over ten years. Um, there was a a girl I dated um, who liked the Guevara. Um, I even liked him growing up in high school, like when I was getting into like anarchy and communism and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, we sat down and watched this movie, and I remember watching this movie and thinking like, oh, "That's a pretty good movie," but I didn't like for some reason I didn't fully like connect with connect it. with it or appreciate it, you know. And it wasn't until like we watched it, I was just like, "Damn, this is actually a really good fucking movie!" Like the story and everything. So I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's more importantly is uh, what did Kelsey think about it? <laughs> I actually really liked it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I like how they're best friends, but they get into some really bad fights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, for me, if I get into a fight with somebody like that, we're done. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't fight with people like that, because if you can't care enough about me to Mm. have a conversation with me instead Mm. of, like, poking at me... Yeah. Nah. Mm. Um, And then... um, It's interesting because... Ernesto is real, like, 
wet behind the ears kind of it feels like and as far as like life experience goes yeah absolutely he even brought a puppy along oh for his girlfriend for his girlfriend oh like i forgot that puppy scene happened yeah and like he finally starts to realize that he can't live his life for other people mm-hmm. um and he starts to even see that people are going through really significant issues and challenges in their own lives yeah and how the government might actually play a a role in it or Mm. even like religious people yeah like there's this there's that really great part where um where ernesto and uh, alberto they're like traveling and they meet like that couple that's just that that's trying to find work Mm -hmm. and one of them asks is like um if you're traveling not for work, then why are you traveling? Like, that's so, like, a foreign concept yeah. for that guy. Like, they're traveling because they just they, they want need work. Yeah. Not, you know, to survive. It, like, it's a survival thing. It's not a luxury thing. Yeah, and how, how like, he says, like, we're, we're traveling just to travel. And But you can see, like, it, it starts clicking with Ernesto. Like, <laughs> holy shit, I come from, like, a privileged life. Like, if they weren't, if they were white... The first thing that would come to their mind would be yeah. like fucking white people. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, one one thing that I that I really enjoyed about this movie, and it's still a whole, one of the things that makes it a hold up, is like they are just reaching bad luck, like from the start. Like even like when they're on the bike when they first take off, they almost get hit by that bus. Yeah, and it's just like they're continuously like. They've like fought, like slid on the bike several times. Yeah, you know the engine's not working right, or like like the part where um they lose the tent, uh-huh. and they go to that one farmer's house, and like Alberto's is like, hey, we're doctors, you know, we're on this journey. It would be really great if you could help us. But he was like, what the fuck do you guys want? Yeah, and that's like some realistic shit that yeah. happened. I thought it was like so great. I like that too. Um, I forgot where I was going with it. <laughs> other than that you really liked it too <laughs> um i like how realistic it was too because mm-hmm. you know like they didn't make it with their bike to his 30th birthday uh-huh. in venezuela they ended up more than a month behind schedule yeah so the bike didn't even make it and mm-hmm. he didn't make it for his birthday and then they ended up in that leprosy camp yeah which there are doctors that like yeah, specialize in it anyway. Yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, that's cool. That's good for their career. But I think it just kind of helped Ernesto kind of be like, no, I need to do something more mm-hmm. with being a doctor than just treating people like in a clinic. Yeah. There's, there's like, a, there's a lot of parts in the movie where, um, like how, like how Nomadland had like real people in this one, they had real people as well, you know, like the leprosy people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's even like that part where, um, where they're being shown around by a tour guide and it's like a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, and like parts of that country, like those kids, they start working at like five, six, seven years old and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bit of like realism behind it. Um, like there, like there's no like, the only thing that ever looks glamorous in this movie is like the scenery, mm-hmm. you know, like the beautiful like jungles and stuff like that or the roads. Like there are plenty of times I was just like, fuck, I want to go to these places. The one thing that really jumped out to me about this film were after they met all of these people along their way, mm-hmm. they did those um, like 
It's not a still shot. It was still the camera, but it would just be like on their face. Oh, it was like a montage. Like in black of all, and white. Yeah, like a montage of all the people that they've met. Um, yeah. But not, yeah, like you said, not in still, but like in motion and stuff like yeah. that. Kind of staring at the camera. I think that's more of the idea of like, of, of, um, Jacob had like taking pictures of that and kind of giving, because I think if like if they just had the pictures, I think it would have been like a disconnect. It would have it would have just felt weird. You would have been like, I'm just looking at a picture. But no, mm-hmm. it's like a memory of like it no, puts these... life behind it. Exactly, like there's a soul there. Exactly. Um, so these so this this is based off of like the diary of Jacob Veda. Um, they only discovered they ha- they just so happened to discover this diary in a knapsack. Um, and was published like in 1993. Mm. So like, can you imagine this? Like, I, like it's a great, it's a great way to find out like what was going on in the character's mind, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, into like this person's mind before he became somebody that who history has like told us who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the fact to like bring this into a movie, I think it's like a really great thing mm-hmm. to give us like that visual aid of like his like in, um, his eternal struggles and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's funny how you kind of led me astray towards the end. How do you mean? Where they were celebrating um, Ernesto's birthday. Mm-hmm. And they have the leprosy people and the healthy people on different sides of the mm-hmm. of the uh, river. Yeah. And he decides he's going to swim across. And I'm like, he's going to fucking die. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how he dies. Because you kind of already told me he was going to die. Yeah. But <laughs> but I tell you how he dies exactly. So, and I was like, "This has got to be where he dies." You're like, "I think he does die," but like, that's not where he died. <laughs> and, it, and it's not. It is not like Kelsey's like ignorant about this. It's like this is like a part of history she's not familiar with, right? Yeah, I don't look. I grew up in New England. Okay, we know about <laughs> yeah. colonialism up there. Yeah. We barely even touch on, like, slavery. Yeah. Like, yeah. we know about it, but it's mm. more of, like, that shit happened down south. <laughs> we didn't do that up here. Yeah. I th- so, <laughs> speaking about his, his death, um, which happened, I can't remember what year he died. Um, I just I thought it was, it was, like, in the 70s. I just think it's so funny that, like, we're watching, I think it was, like, no, I think it was, like, 1965 or something like that. Um, that, like, when he died, they have, like, the little epilogue, and they're, mm-hmm. like, oh, his death was by the aid of like the cia and he gave us like like really we're still doing this mark because you was because you were so furious like last week about, about what the fbi had done yeah i was like the fucking i already hate our government okay you want me to hate them more we're gonna watch another movie yes. where you know the government killed somebody yes. <laughs> feel that hate uh yeah 1965 <clears throat> Um, so what do you think about the, the performance of, uh, of uh, what's his name, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal and uh, Rodrigo del C- De La Serna. Del Serna. What do you think about the performance between the two? They were good. I think their chemistry was great. Um, and it's kind of funny because at the beginning you're kind of like, why is this way younger guy, the way they portray, I mean, they don't look that different in age, but mm. the way they portray Rodrigo, Rodrigo De La Serna is that he's much older. Yeah, like he, he can, you would swear this dude's like about 45. Hit, yeah, about to hit 40 or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of weird. Like this guy is taking this younger guy with him on a trip, and everyone's like, well, take care of him. And, he, and you're like, why? Like mm. he didn't even finish medical school yet. Mm. Um, but the way that they get along is like they're brothers. Yeah, they're very close. Yeah. 
Um, they like there's that that part at the end where they have to say their goodbyes mm-hmm. and they hug each other and it's not like something like overly like shot or like drama dramatized or anything like mm-hmm. that but you feel like that love like they went on this journey together mm-hmm. you know they experienced all this life together and everything and I think he can he could even um, Alberto can even see like how Jay is like changing like over time. But he didn't seem to understand it, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, he could see it, but he didn't really understand it. Yeah, there's even, like, this part. It's, like, this, it's like very subtle. I don't know if you caught it, but, like, during the movie, he kept calling him, um, like, Fuser or something like that. Fusa. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fusa. Right? He kept calling him that. And he called him, like, he called him that one more time. And then while they were walking to the plane, he he referred to him as Che. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that's, like the switch like mm-hmm. right at that moment where they're leaving there he has that, that emotional switch of like oh this is a completely different individual now yeah like he's no longer like the future future i say fuser fuser that uh he knew yeah um anything that sticks out with the directing that that uh that you enjoyed i think the directing was spot on mm. um there the pacing was great. The cinematography was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, all the shots made sense. Like I didn't really have any issues with mm. with the direction. I think they spent enough time on the people that they were meeting too. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't have any complaints. I liked it. Mm. I I did enjoy the like the little jabs of religion that they have. <laughs> um, like the the part where the the tour guide is like, oh, that's Jesus Inc over there and he points to like a church <laughs> yeah, like that was funny <laughs> <She's> hilarious <laughs> um so yeah they have like a, a comedic side of it but they have like that that serious side about it where um they're at the leprosy island and they was they they establish that like oh you don't eat unless you go to mass mm-hmm. and it's just like you know it's just fucked up how religion is or how people treat religion and mm-hmm. how they use it and shit like that and there's that really great line where they haven't gotten any food and they go to the to the head nun or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, hey, like, can't we haven't eaten. Like, can we get us food? And she goes like, oh, the feed the body. First, you must feed the soul, you know, because you didn't go to mass. Mm-hmm. And she like he says something else and she gives him like some throwaway line. I was like, of course. Yeah, I know well, he said that. something like that's not really what Christianity is about. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's not being a good Christian, is it? Yeah, <laughs> and she's yeah. like. These are the rules. I know, right? And he's like, I'm just in a, what rule book? What rule are you yeah, referring exactly. to? <laughs> um, but it's so telling how how the the the, the people who have leprosy, um, the girl that uh, Ernesto helped with the surgery for the arm, she like steals some food. And he's like, oh, thank you. And then like two more people with like leprosy shows up and they're like, oh, here's food. And it shows that even you don't, and, I, and I'm saying this is like everybody, but you don't need religion to be a good person or to be appreciative of like when somebody's helping you. Yeah. I have a problem with religion because I feel like if I didn't have to believe in a book mm. or a being, mm. like if it could just be a way of life, yeah, I could totally get into it. Oh yeah. Like if everybody else followed that same fucking thing though. Yeah. It's just like, the, <laughs> but they, they use it for their own benefit. I know. Religion is not the issue. It's the people who, who use it. Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. It's the people. <laughs> um, so what, so, um, so what do you, what do you think of the movie overall? I liked it a lot. Like it, it a was lot? great. Um, 
The most important question. Hmm. Does it still hold up? Yes. I fully agree with that. Um, I have to say, pairing this with Nomadland, damn great pairing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I thought it was, like, it's great because, like, I, it tells you, I think this would be, like, great as a double feature for anybody who's listening. If you're just like, I like Nomadland, I want to watch something similar to that, mm-hmm. definitely watch um, The Motorcycle Diaries because you're getting... Um, you're getting two points of views from like two different parts of the country of the planet. Mm-hmm. You get one in North America and like South America. It's about finding yourself, and it's also about human compassion. Yeah, exactly, and experience and how like that. How I've always heard this that like people should travel more because then you become more appreciative and you get to really see what the world is like instead of having like a narrow-minded like thought on how people are. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie like explores. Explores uh, this movie and No Man Like kind of explores both of them because it gets you like an idea of fucking how people live. You know, not everything is like in a bubble. Right. Um. So yeah, I think it still holds up too. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. Damn, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking too about what you said about um about more people of color being nomads, mm-hmm. and I feel like racism should be a luxury for people who don't have very many things but it wouldn't be no racism is just straight up ignorant kind of thing. no i know what it i know what it is i'm saying when you're that poor it, mm. it should be treated like like you can't have that you can't oh have that racist mentality yeah but they still do i'm sure they yeah. still do yeah 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 but it's just weird like it doesn't it's disjointed to me like how oh i like get like you. you don't have the means to be racist oh yeah i get you i get you yeah because it's supposed to be like because the idea of racism is like a serious uh how you say superiority over one race Mm -hmm. and even like there are white trash folks who are just like i'm racist as shit i'm better than that black guy dude you're in the exact same fucking situation like who the fuck you got to talk about you know and that's the whole blind the whole stupidity and that blindness kind of comes in Mm -hmm. but i mean we didn't come across any of that in these movies. Oh, no, 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 no. It was just like a passing thought. Yeah. You know, we're talking about compassion. Both of these films are very yeah. compassionate. Yeah, and, and the thing about... Um, okay, so when I watched... When I watched when we watched Nomadland, never in my mind I thought, oh, I wish I could travel like that. When I was watching The Motorcycle Diaries, I was like, damn, I wish I could travel <laughs> like that. Because like, it seemed... It seems so... It more seems, personal. It seems more personal and seems so interesting to, like, travel across a country and just experience in life, you mm-hmm. know? Um, especially if you're, like, a minority, but if you're in a foreign country, like, if you're black traveling through Africa or Spanish traveling through uh, South America, or even, like, not even necessarily, like, your nationality has to fit where you travel. Um, it's just a way... Because I've always... I've seen... I, and I, I think was, it's actually much more dangerous to be of Hispanic or Latin descent mm. traveling through South America. Oh, because of certain areas? And sh- and such because of things. certain areas, but a lot mm-hmm. of them are racist against other people that speak Spanish. That is true. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There was, uh, there was a girl I dated. Um, her parents were from El Salvador, so she was full-on Salvadorian. Mm-hmm. And I remember her and I talked about... Uh, about going to El Salvador. I always wanted to go to El Salvador because she would talk about it and show them pictures. And I was like, fuck, I'd love to go there, right? And, but she would tell me, she was like, a person of your skin color would not last more than two days mm. because of the way how they would treat you. I was like, well, thanks for fucking up that plan then. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything else? Nope. 
All right, we good? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's going to be our show for this week. Um, we would like to thank uh, Your Entertainment Corner for hosting our podcast on their website. Um, you can find all the all your film and TV news and reviews on yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, the folks over there are hard at work getting getting your entertainment and um they're really and good putting at it. it in the corner and put it in the corner <laughs> put it in the corner you like <laughs> as uh as our as a uh, our uh fellow film writer kelsey loisel over here you know working Look, for i them. write all the all the dad jokes okay <laughs> i'm good at it <laughs> you write the dad jokes on the site you should <laughs> no no <laughs> look i got you a book of dad jokes do you want more really yes. i i, I invited you to that facebook page of dad jokes oh i love it (laughs) (laughs) there were a couple dad jokes i was like oh fucking god (laughs) (laughs) um so you can find um excuse me you can find this episode and all our past episodes on all podcast catchers we're on a podbean uh amazon itunes pandora stitcher stitcher verbal verbal uh spotify um don't forget to review us on iTunes or on Podbean. Um, so next week, next week's show, uh, we are going to do our recent review of I Care A Lot, which is currently streaming on Netflix uh, right now. And we're hearing a lot of good things about it. The trailer looks really great. So Kelsey and I, we can't wait to talk about it. We almost did that this week, but yeah. Nomadland looked like a better choice. Yeah, so we're going to do I Care A Lot. Was like I said, streaming on Netflix. Uh, our geriatric cinematic will be 1988's A Fish Called Wanda. Mm. God, I haven't watched that movie in years, but fuck, I remember loving it. Um, can you can you know when's the last time I watched it? Would it be never? Yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> Shot in the dark. <laughs> uh, so A Fish Called Wanda is is available to rent on Google Play, Amazon, YouTube, or other VOD services. Uh, the topic for that week will be uh, Chaos and the Con. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm going to sip of water real quick. Okay. You do that. That's, you know, some people <laughs> Some people need water. Mm-hmm. We had a debate today, me and the girls. They kept saying, like, coffee is just, like, Cadence was saying something about coffee grounds mm-hmm. in the coffee, and that's what gives it its flavor. I'm like, there's no coffee grounds in coffee. If you do have that, you made it wrong. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, I mean, like, the flavor. I'm like, oh, so I know what you're trying to say. You're saying coffee is just coffee-flavored water. Okay. And then they started laughing because I was like, so you mean, like, poison is just poison-flavored water? And they started laughing like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Like anything is water with a little flavor. In oh it. my god! Really? <laughs> like. So you says like tea is ammonia flavored water. So you're saying like blood is this copper flavored water? Yes. <laughs> and that's what we were talking about today. <laughs>